it like we do it. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. We're recording this on Mother's Day, so it's going to be past, obviously, when you're hearing this, but... But you should still be celebrating. It's Mother's Day week. Yeah, tell the listeners what you did this morning to celebrate oh, your we went Mother's on a Day little, start. Went on a little bike ride mm-hmm. with the fam. We got one of those like bike trailers, which I always used to kind of scoff at, and I was like, just, but I, we love it. Yeah, it was really fun. It was a little bit chilly out, but the bike trailer has like a little plastic cover, so the kids yeah. were just like cozied up in there. Miles has gotten to the point, he's finally gotten okay with like, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that Evie kind of like ends up sort of slumped over. Right, yeah. Because she can't prop she can't herself prop back herself up. prop herself back up, yeah. So Miles finally has come to terms with that, and... And won't doesn't get mad when she leans on him. So yeah. it's pretty cute. So yeah, we had a nice little bike ride. Longmont you is could, You guys have been doing a lot of bike rides lately. Yeah, we found that we didn't find. I mean, like there's this great trail system that goes from here all the way into Boulder. And we happen to be at like almost the far end of this really amazing trail that goes from Longmont to Boulder. And so um, we just kind of ride a little portion of that and then circle back around. And it's been great. We really love Longmont. It's like has a lot of the perks of Boulder without the volume than like the crowds of Boulder. Boulder is very active. Anytime I drive to Boulder and I'm driving through the streets of Boulder, I am so acutely aware of of cyclists and bicycles on the road because they're everywhere. And so anytime I drive through Boulder, I am so extra careful to look everywhere because there's bicycles and people all over the place under normal circumstances. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Under normal circumstances. Um, how's your mom? My mom is doing well. I we FaceTime this morning and so they are doing church online. They go to church every Cute. Saturday, but because of obviously they're not going anywhere. They do church online and then they're going to was we were arranging FaceTime with my brother today and the kids later today. And so we're trying to figure out a time that works for everybody. And my mom's like, we have church at 1030. And then we're going to go pick up lunch at the Alpine Lodge, which is like this cute little place in Westcliff. And they are trying to do takeout every every day or at least every other day so they can support the businesses there. Because if you anyone, anyone knows about Westcliff, Colorado, so tiny, tiny. So they are really feeling the crunch. And so they're going to be doing food. And it's, and then it's not even really like a tourist town. Kind, but no. Like, I mean, a lot of people pass through it. It's a lot of like right. when people are doing climbing trips or motorcycles, motorcyclists right. also often pass through there. And so it's, it's like a nice pit stop town, but it's not a town people use as a destination. I think there's some mm-hmm. kind of like bluegrass festival there once a year that people tend oh, to go cute. to. But it's not... It's not that much of a hot spot for people to go and stay, nor is there really space for anybody to stay. I think they have like one or two hotels, but um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a sweet little town, but it's beautiful. But yeah, so they're yeah. just hanging out, and my dad's doing a ton of projects, home projects, which is cute. My mom sends me videos every day of him doing home projects. That's kind of how they're spending their quarantine, and I just really miss them today. I was like, oh, I just wish so bad. Normally, this time of year, we've gone up there a few times to see them on the weekends or they've come to see us and just because of everything going on we are not seeing each other obviously and so it's just been it makes me really miss them but yeah they have like a little creek on their property and so they're always very excited this time of year when the creek starts running and so far it's not running so they were my dad like has a creek watch of 2020 every single year he watches it very closely to see when the water starts yeah, I, running. Yeah this is not the first time you've talked about this on the podcast. No and I, I, and I have talked about and I'm not going to retell the story but he does have a, a method to measure how fast the water is going and so if you're a special listener and you you've heard that story consider yourself blessed because it's great my dad's the best (laughs) so yeah they're doing really well someone asked about mother's day in general of like talking about our favorite things about our moms and i thought that was a cute question to start out with because we did a a nice q a on our insta stories but you can also submit questions anytime you want to hear us talk about a specific topic you can always email us too at this is joy and claire at gmail.com but thank you guys for submitting your great questions if we always get really good ones so i thought it would be a really good time to start with talking about our favorite thing about favorite things about our mothers it kind of got me thinking like there's so like where do you start but let's just sum it up because I mean, you can't sum up my mom. My mom is Diane. She's Snow White with a touch of the fairy godmother. That's kind of how I think of my mother is like fairy godmother plus Snow White is my mother. She's just an amazing human. Because she's not like helpless like Snow White. No, she's just like, she's just nice. 
She's just nice. nice. She's just nice. She's just a nice person. And she's just such a mom. And I love her so much. So, uh, but this morning we were just talking about that. And I'm like, mom, do you ever think about like, you know, we were kind of of just talking about her mother and my grandmother and great grandma. And so we were kind of just reminiscing this morning and how she had to raise, she's the oldest of five and she had to raise her brothers because, well, not all of them, but she um, lost, tragically lost her father when she was 25. And I may have mentioned that before, but it's just something that has really impacted her life because for obvious reasons, but lost him very suddenly and tragically and had to really kind of raise her younger brothers. And, you know, some of them were older, maybe closer to 20s, but the the majority of them were in their teens. And the youngest one, I believe, was 11 or 12 or close to that, pretty darn young. And so I think my mom was always just kind of in that motherly role, even at a young age. And that just kind of carried on. She's like, yeah, I just always, you know, back then you didn't, we were talking, I know what we were talking about. We were talking about, she loves Gabor Mate. And I know I've mentioned that, that doctor on the show before. If you haven't listened to the podcast last day, the interview with Dr. Gabor Mate, it's an amazing interview. And my mom is just very, I think as you get older, and you kind of start to reflect on your life, you see how the pieces fell and how things have impacted us. And I think especially, she's like, back then, Joy, we didn't have a name for trauma, we didn't have a name for all these things that emerge now and types of therapies that people can go through. She's like, it just wasn't a thing. And so we were kind of just reflecting on that of the trauma that her family went through. And she's like, I'm just going to keep, I just love Gabor Mate. So she's reading all of this. And we were just talking about how everything that has impacted her life and her family. And she's just such a strong, strong person. I, she never was someone who I look back and I'm like, wow, she just was really moody or she had really bad days. Like she was always such a positive and has always been such a positive person and always willing to help. So selfless. I used to get mad when I was a teenager because she would almost in my mind, overextend herself. And she never said no. So there were times when I felt like people took advantage of that. And of course, she's so selfless that she's like, I'm willing to help anybody. And I would always be like, you can't just let people walk all over you. But like looking back now, it's just that's just her nature. She's a helper. She wants to help people. She She's very thoughtful. And she's always just worked really hard to give my brother and I just an unconditional loving place in our lives. And she's just the best. I, I've learned everything that I about who I am from her. Uh, I'm sure if she's listening to this right now, she's probably bawling her eyes out. And she's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, she's just a great mom. She is a great, great mother. I love you, mom. If you're listening to this, I love you. And every, I mean, just the little silly things that she's done, like she sends mummy cookies every October, even though I'm 42 and she always sends cards. And whenever she sends cards, she writes on the card. Like if there's two bears on a card, and the front says like happy birthday she'll make the car they make the bear like look like me so she'll doodle on the bear like those little quirky things that she always has done you know in our lunches she always used to write funny little notes surprise notes and just little things like that that make me just really appreciate how much of an impact that had growing up and just the stability and just really unconditional she <laughs> She, she never really questioned much of what I did. She was always very supportive. And so there wasn't anything that was like judgmental or I guess like she never, she always supported what I wanted to do. And she never gave an opinion like, well, I don't think you should do that. That's not your path or you should try something different. She always just was very supportive of any choices that I made. And I know that she was always very scared at the same time, I think as any mother would be of just wanting the best for your child. But at the end of the day, I just always felt like she was someone who supported me and was very positive. And just the little things that I would worry about, she would just always say, take one day at a time, just take one day at a time and just have fun. I remember when I would be stressing a lot about dating in my 20s, I was always stressed out about it. And like, oh, I don't like this guy or oh, I'm just so tired of douchey guys. 
And she'd be like, just have fun. Like, don't don't worry about all that stuff. Just go have fun. And so that was just a good reminder. So I could go on for hours about my mother, but I will just leave it to a brief synopsis today for Mother's Day. And I just want to give all my love to all the mothers out there who are rocking, kicking butt, raising families, doing, doing all the jobs at the same time. And um, also, if you if your mother's not with you at this time, I'm just sending you love to and hoping that you can celebrate the memories with her about her. How about your mom, Carol? Let's talk about Carol. <laughs> love Carol. She's here right now, actually. Oh, um, yeah. She started now that we're like kind of transitioning to safer at home. Um, she she came over one other time, like two weeks ago, and just hung out in the yard with a mask on, just with the kids, and because um, we just needed the kids. It's really honest. Honestly, it's just as much for the kids as it is for us. Like poor Miles is so bored. Yeah. And like imagine only hanging out with your parents for two months and no one else. So even grandma is like a big change. And, you know, he's always like, I don't want to hang out with grandma. And then by the end of the day, he's just in such a better mood to have someone else to pay attention to him. Yeah. Um, so she's actually here right now. She's just great. I don't know. I feel like I don't like, we don't have as much of a, a relationship where we really sit there and like expound upon all the things we like about each other. Um, and my mom and I didn't have, we didn't get, really close until I moved out of the house. And a lot of that was just because when I was growing up, my twin brother was very high maintenance, I guess is a good way to put it. You know, I think like he had some, a lot of learning challenges. He had got in trouble at school a lot. He eventually, you know, became an addict and um, he's now in recovery. But so he just had, a, you know, he was like, took a lot of the parental energy. A lot energy. of energy for her. Yeah, for sure. And I was kind of the opposite. Like I was very, you know, I was involved in student council and I got good grades and blah, blah, blah. And so my parents, for the most part, when I was growing up, just kind of like let me do my own thing. And mm-hmm. I think it was sort of a, co- it was a coping mechanism for all of us. And it worked. It was fine. It wasn't like, I don't, I'm not like traumatized from it or scarred from it. It was a coping mechanism that worked out great. Because you wanted to be out of the house. Yeah. I didn't want to be part of that conflict. Right. They were just as happy to not have to manage me. And it was like, great, this is a win-win. I get to like do what I want. And, uh, you know, I promise to make good choices if you just don't ask about my, if you just let me do what I want to do. let me be. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, we, we had a good, like we weren't hostile towards each other or whatever, but we just weren't close. And so then, but then when I went to college, we got a lot closer and uh, we would hang out and go get our nails done every week. And I think actually going to school, any, the fact that I ended up going to school in Boulder really was, was good for our relationship. And ever since I've become a mom, obviously like your relationship with your own mom changes a lot when you have kids more than anything. Like I think it, it just gives you so much perspective on what your parents go through. You yeah. know, like you really can't, you can't understand what it's like to be a parent until you are one. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so stupid and so like basic, but I think it it like really gives you perspective on your own parents and what they went through, you know, when you were a kid and what it's like to actually have to make those choices. And and it makes you understand, you know, why your parents maybe did what they did or were the way that they were. Mm -hmm. Um, And now also, I mean, my mom is just like the most helpful person. Like when I was, when I was little, her parents lived in Boulder and we would go over their house every single Saturday night and go to church with them on Sunday. And my mom has always said like, when you have kids, like that's what I'll do too. You know, like I'll take the kids every single weekend. And, and she really does, you know, outside of in normal life, like before Evie was born, when not back a couple of years ago when I was in a really, really stressful job and when Miles was like one to two years old, she would pick him up from daycare every single Friday night, keep him overnight and bring him back on Saturday afternoon every single week. Yeah, I remember and that. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, she still does this, this stuff all the time and like her, my stepdad has three three sons who all are in the area and they all have kids. And so on the weekends, their house is just like a revolving door of grandkids. Cause my mom is like, this is mm-hmm. just what you do. Like mm-hmm. grandparents, this is, the, this is my role. And I mean, she still works full time. Yeah. You know, my mom's not retired last summer when Evie was, or last spring, like this time last year when Evie was born and Brandon was still working 12s and said so he hadn't moved over to the OR yet. My mom, every single day that Brandon worked would pick miles up from school, bring him at three o'clock, bring him home. And, and then Evie had colic and she, my mom would just walk with Evie screaming in her face up and down the hall for two hours every night while I like put my house to bed and made dinner. So, you know, she's just like 
the type of person who, if she, and she's like this, not just about parenting, but about everything in her life. Like if she sees something that needs to be done, she just does it. You know, nobody has to ask her. She doesn't expect anybody to, to notice or, you know, of course it always feels good to have somebody notice and thank you for of what course, you do. Of course, but, but there's no like, but that's not why she does me. it. There's like nothing. Yeah, there's no, right. that's not why she does it. She like just that. is like, yeah, okay, it has to get pure, done. Like just do it. unconditional love. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. And she's a little bit of a border collie too. Like some, sometimes, you know, she kind of like needs a job. I like, it's hard for her to relax is what I mean mm-hmm. by that. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever seen her be like, you know, I'm just going to like kick my feet up. Yeah. And she has such an interesting past. Like she moved out of the house when she was 16. She was on Broadway. She was in a swing I know. I band. love this. She I love this story. Was like a, yeah. yeah. Her like the whole first part of her life, she was a musician. She toured with the Glenn, Miller or- the Glenn Miller band all around Europe. She was like played in these like German opera houses, like during the while the Berlin Wall was still up. Like she's she just has so God, many cool stories. She needs to. We need to interview our moms. Our moms have very I interesting know. lives. My mom we like, really babysat should. for the Beach Boys monkey. Oh my gosh, that's right. <laughs> I love it. It's By the way, like, like just a little side note, but my mom grew up in Los Angeles. So she's she has a lot of good old LA stories, old Hollywood stories, which is probably why my heart is in LA because I feel like all you know, growing up when we'd visit there all the time, she'd always tell us such great stories of like old Los Angeles. So fun. But yeah, yeah. so she had she has a lot of fun like Hollywood babysitting for the Beach Boys monkey. Yeah, stories. but yeah, we should have our moms on we should. and talk about their fun I know, it's little. So funny. Like, it makes me realize I I don't obviously I you know I see my mom as being older than me, but I don't see my mom as being old. And right. yeah, I think about like all the things, all the different phases of her life that she has had. Which at the time she probably thought like, I'm going to do this forever. And then now her life looks completely different. And the thing that she's always told me, because like the thing that I always stress out about is my job and like, am I in the right career? And she's always like, you know what, just get as much as you can out of what you're currently doing because Mm -hmm. you have no idea where it's going to lead you. Right. And, you know, where you end up is not even going to be close to where you think you're going to end up. And it's going to be a good thing. You just need to just do one decision at a time. Don't stress out too much about what the end point is going to be because that the end point that you're anticipating is not going to happen mm-hmm. like I love that advice you have yeah. no idea where you're going to end up so stop yeah. stressing about that just is what you're doing right now a good fit and then you know go to the next thing yeah it's kind of the same line of the advice I got from a former boss who he was like if you're just if you just make choices within the same zip code of what you like to do you're good and I always remember that because I'm always like, am I in the zip code yeah. of where I want to be? <laughs> I know. I always think I'm like, my mom like toured the world as a pianist and a singer. And she probably thought I'm going to be a musician forever. And now she doesn't even own a piano. You yeah. know, like she's completely different person and not a completely different person, but you know, her life looks completely different. Right. And if you had told her 40 years ago, like, hey, you're going to live in Westminster, you know, and work for a tech startup out of your house, she would have been like, what's a tech startup? (laughs) We have, we have no way to, to know what's going to happen anyway. Right. It's crazy. Oh, go moms. moms. That made me, that just warmed my heart. I know. Moms are just great. All you moms out there, all you moms. Okay. So we have some really good questions. So many good ones. We're going to have to make this a two or three parter because we have a lot to get through. Let's take some quick ones. Okay. Okay. What are your favorite podcasts? We have a highlight Mm -hmm. saved on our Instagram homepage, profile page. That's podcast recommendations from Joy. And we usually remember to update it when Joy posts an episode that she's listening to. And you'll notice a lot of the same podcast show up like, Armchair Expert, uh, Terrible Things for Asking. So just go on there and look. Really, really good ones. I would, if you want to know the ones that I listen to daily, I listen to The Daily from New York Times. Every single morning is the first one I listen to. They do a beautiful job of telling stories and not just telling the news, but telling an in-depth story about what's going on in the world. It's awesome. So that's like, hands down, one of my favorite podcasts I listen to every single day. And then... I kind of go in and out. There's, I'm kind of in a slump right now of like liking podcasts. Like there's so many that I've listened to over the years, but they're just starting to, I don't want to say bore me, but I'm kind of bored. I mean, Armchair Expert is good. It just depends on the guest. I don't listen to every single one. Brene's is good, but I have to be totally honest. I love Brene. You know, I love Brene. But I'm just not in the mood to listen to Brene's guests right now. It's a little too deep. Like <laughs> there's some conversations where I'm like, I'm not. And I think maybe it's because I am a therapist that I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to have these conversations right now. Like I, I'm not into exploring. I need a break from intensity. Yes. I like love 
love, love her books, but the conversations that she's just been having are a little too much into the intense therapy that I'm like, oh, I do this all day. I have conversations about this all day. So I'm just not, I kind of need something a little bit different. So while she's amazing, I do not listen to that one as frequently. But yeah, The Daily would be like my absolute go-to and then surely go on and look at the recommendations that I make uh, on our highlights. Favorite hard kombucha. I've never had hard kombucha, have you? I haven't had hard kombucha either. I will say that GT Synergy, the um, is that what it's called? GT Synergy Kombucha? is they do have a hard, like they have a higher alcohol content. Uh, they have, I guess, a few flavors that are in like those dark bottles, but I wouldn't say that that's a hard kombucha. No, but there's like, there, no, there's like hard With kombucha. With higher alcohol. Like, that's okay. like an alcoholic like drink. Higher than, that hasn't really come I've to Colorado it, yet. Yeah. Um, I know I, it's like a real thing in California. Like it's a big thing in California. We have not really gotten that yet in Colorado. Yeah, I haven't gotten that yet. I've been having occasional the hard seltzers but i've been mm-hmm. drinking snow melt i love snow okay. melt. that's I mean, my favorite it's, one it's like a nice the reason that i like snow melt is because it actually it's so it's made by upslope brewing yes. and it actually does have um like some it's like a grain i don't forget what they call it but it's not like a white claw which basically tastes like somebody like burped some vodka into your lacroix <laughs> It's like, tell me that's not what White Claw tastes like. <laughs> I haven't tasted White Claw. Um, but well, I like, you can imagine. Yeah. Some it, it tastes like, like drinking a White Claw tastes like you're hungover drinking LaCroix. Oh, really? Yeah. It's horrible. It tastes like you're hungover. Like, you know how the next, if you're really hungover the next morning, you drink some water and you're like, oh, that still tastes like vodka. <laughs> It's like that yes. if you were to drink LaCroix. That's what white claw tastes like. Oh my um, god. Burped. I'm so good. <laughs> but oh my god. Upslope has this stuff called snowmelt and it actually is like a fermented grain beverage that is um you know alcoholic, but it's like really super yeah. light. Speaking yeah. of delicious fermented I do grain love beverages, sn- yeah. I've been drinking so much hop tea, like unrealistic amounts oh, of hop tea. And it's so not alcoholic, guys. So it's not alcoholic, and they get so much free advertising from us. So much free advertising. Not, they do not sponsor us, but I will tell you, I will shout it from the rooftop rooftops. I am so in love with hop tea. They don't even need so to good. sponsor us because I will I proudly represent their product. They're so good. If you don't get hop tea in your area, you can go online and order it. And they're just they're a local company and so of course we're going to love that even more but man there so everyone's like what does it taste like we've talked about it before it tastes like hops so if you like beer it tastes like hops but it's not it's not alcoholic it does not take taste anything like kombucha but if you want like just a, a fizzy drink that tastes like but a that's beer like a little bit more substantial than lacroix yes it's good yeah. Um, I want to hit some of these kind of quickly. Let's see. Okay. So we have a couple of different questions about like transitioning to safer at home or quote unquote normal life. It's going to look really different for everyone. Like, you know, for me, I, my office has still, is still going to remain closed through the end of May. We are really beholden to what the childcare center or, you know, the preschools and summer camps end up doing based on what our life is going to look like. We also, as a family are probably going to be some of the the last people to really relax because Brandon is working on the COVID floor and has direct exposure. I mean, obviously he's protected when he's at work, but there's still, you know, this little thing in the back of your mind. It's like you, you know, just got coughed on in the face by somebody with COVID and he will be starting in a couple of weeks. He'll be transitioning back to the OR off the COVID floor. Um, So once that happens, I feel like we will be able to kind of wrap our minds around not being so like, in it. And so, you know, our family is just very high risk for mm. being exposed and therefore for exposing others. But I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I don't want this to turn into a COVID episode. I think it's going to look really different. I think it's going to be just a lot of trial and error. And I don't think there's a right and wrong way to do it. I mean, my gut instinct is like, is always, not always, but is very much like air on the side of going too slow. Yep. You know, I'd rather be overly cautious and then later on find out like, oh, maybe we didn't need to be that cautious versus like our neighbors across the street yesterday had a full on party, probably 20 plus people at their house, which is still, I mean, you can't have, you're not supposed to have more than 10. And, you know, it just felt like a red flag to me because we know that they're, they have their grandma who lives with them, who's on oxygen. And we know that because we've had to go over there and help her before. And, you know, it just was kind of like you, but I think also like, it's just so cultural. Like we live in a very heavily Hispanic Latino neighborhood and, you know, their concept of, who constitutes your close family and your close community is so expansive. And as I think it should be, I agree, you know, like they really are such a community oriented 
culture, which is amazing. And also right now, it just makes the lines a lot blurrier. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think it's everybody's going to have to figure out what feels good to them. And, you know, I am definitely a little bit nervous for what that's going to look like. Yeah, I'm really scared uh, as well. I feel like the the mindset that I've put on this whole year is just be ready to have this keep going for a long time. And I'm not trying to be doomsday about it. I just want to say in my in my brain, do not loosen up the reins of all these precautions because people are still at risk. What I find myself doing right now is ignoring the news because I feel like it's just so much information every single day to where it's almost a bad thing because I think at the beginning we were so closely monitoring what was going on with the virus and then we were I think in the same token, taking the precautions because we were, it was so new. And I think now that we're so, I think, hungry to go back to normal that I have, at least speaking for myself, have kind of ignored the news because I'm like, ah, oh, just what else has changed? What else has changed? Okay, so we have to do all these things now. So I think in a way, it's like a bad thing because I am almost forgetting that this is still going on and, and in some places getting worse as they loosen up the restrictions. So that's just kind of where I'm at is I just want to keep my mindset of keep this going for as long as we need to, because I'm finding myself just getting antsy to kind of get back into our routines again. But I just know that's not at all realistic, nor is it safe, nor is it smart. So I just I feel like watching the other states start to loosen up and things are getting worse. I'm like, oh, that just makes me really scared. So yeah, it, like my not my opinion about it, but the way I feel in my gut just changes day to day, even like minute to minute. Sometimes some moments I'm like, you know what, this is okay. Like we're gonna be okay. And other moments I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. So I don't have a clear answer for that. I don't think anybody does. Yeah, I'm just really like, uh, yeah, I just really go in and out. I think a lot of people do. And some people even wrote us like, I'm just really having a hard time. I'm really having a hard week with this. Yeah. And that's, that's just going to happen. And I think that's where I lost it a couple weeks ago, where I was just like, man, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that where I have to come to that acceptance piece of like, all right, well, this is where we are. Mm-hmm. 2020 is just going to be this. There's no planning summer vacations in my mind. Let's just put it that way. Right. Yeah. It's not not on the table. This is a good one. So many new grads. Any advice for those of us entering the professional world, specifically for new therapists? Joy, what advice do you have? Oh, new grads as in... Grad school? Did she and specify? Any of the above. This is just the time of year where people are entering the job market for the first time. Sure. I think so kind of what I, we just talked about, like like the my the general advice would be you're not going to land your dream job as your first job. May, probably correct. like don't expect to have your dream job for the first like five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Get experience. Experience is the best thing that you can do right now. So even if you feel now I'm not saying take a job that you're going to absolutely no, hate, don't go, but I'm just yeah. right, but don't but, overdo it. Don't expect to love your first job. Yeah, for instance, when I had my first job out of grad school, I did not want to work with adolescents and teens and families for 40 hours a week. I remember thinking that, "Oh, I don't want to do that. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to really work with younger kids." And I got a job working with adolescents and families 40 hours a week. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to try it. And and I ended up staying there for 10, 11 years and I fell in love with it. So you just never know. So I would say be open-minded, be open-minded, get experience, really try to get to a place where you you have really good coworkers and mentors. So if you like your coworkers and you like the people that you surround yourself with, I think that's really good experience too, because this is a time too that you want experience and you want mentors to look up to and get a lot of experience from. So that would be another thing that you're really wanting to put yourself in a position as well to to get that, like if you're going for licensure too, of who you want to be supervising you. I think also like when I graduated from college, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, it was in the middle of a recession as, you know, the people who are graduating right now are dealing with. And the way that I had to deal with that was just to get, I spent the first almost two years after after college in unpaid internships and then working unrelated jobs, you know? So like I was a raft guide and then I, but then I had a journalism internship and then I was a ski patrol, not ski patrol, ski bum, definitely not ski patrol. I was a lift op. And then, you know, I had some, did like some marketing 
you know, I it, it was very, very pieced together. And I think the thing to remember is that everyone is in that same boat and no one has ever looked at my resume. You know, we hear all this stuff that's like, well, don't have a job for less than a year. It looks bad on a resume. That's not true anymore in my experience. I've had a lot of jobs that have been you know, kind of in like the six month to two year duration. And I've never had someone say to me, oh, you know, that's a red flag. I think the times are changing that that is more the norm. And so take what you can get now and don't feel like, well, I have to keep this job for five years. Otherwise, it's going to look bad. You know, let yourself be flexible. Let yourself piece stuff together if you need to, because that's just the situation we're in right now. Yeah. Okay. Before the next question, let's take a quick break to talk about this week's sponsor. Guess what? It's Blue Blocks. Blue Blocks, the blue light blocking glasses that y'all should have a pair of by now. But if you don't, you can still support the podcast by going to Blue Blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. The discount code is JOY to get your pair of Blue Blocks blue light blocking glasses. They have tons of frames. You can send in your frames. They can make them blue light blocking glasses. Go on their website, check out all the styles. They have tons of styles. They have them for kids. They have tons of different types of frames and they have three different types of lenses that are better for like different times during the day or the different type of screen you're looking at. They have ones that are more specific for nighttime. So if you're the type of person who's working a lot more now, like I know all of our work hours have shifted a little bit. If you're finding yourself on your computer more and more at night, maybe after your kids have gone to bed because you can't get work done during the day because they're home all the time, then the or the more like orange glasses are 100% what you need. I have found such a huge difference in the way that my eyes feel and my ability to fall asleep. And at first you think like this has got to be a placebo effect. But you know what? Even if it is a placebo effect, I don't care because I think it really does make a difference. I'm the type of person who after like we're we're all looking at screens more than ever right now. And I'm the type of person that like once the switch flips and I feel like a headache coming on, I almost can't look at a screen for the whole rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's like, well, great. Too bad it's only, you know, 11 a.m. and I still have to work all day. And these really, really help with that. You know, we we talk about this every time. You get what you pay for when it comes to blue light blocking glasses. These are definitely on the pricier side, but we 100% believe in them and think that they're worth it. And they also will donate a pair of glasses to Restoring Vision, which is a nonprofit that provides glasses with people in need. And they will do a one-for-one donation for every pair of blue blocks that you buy. So please support us. Please support blue blocks. Please support Restoring Vision. Discount code is JOY. And I will say one last thing. Their founder, Andy, is just adorable. And they're from Australia. So that just makes us love them even more. (laughs) So thank you guys for supporting the podcast by supporting our great sponsor, Blue Blocks. All right. Next question. Someone asked if the world is ever back to normal, where would we want to travel? I thought this was a great question because I was like, oh, I just really want to travel anywhere. I really want to go to a beach. But it got me thinking because we can travel right now. Please, 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 please please send us pictures or tag us. We can't repost it unless you tag us, but please tag us in your photos of wherever you are in the world. It really brings me joy. You may be thinking, oh, I don't want to bother them or, oh, I don't want to tag them, but please send us or send us a photo of where you are if you don't want to tag us or if you don't do stories. I love to see where people are in the world. And I think it really kind of scratches that itch right now of me just wanting to go somewhere. So I don't care if you're wherever you are on on a walk with your dogs. We're getting pictures of people just hanging out in their garage gyms. We're getting pictures wherever you are, but just please send them to us. It makes me smile. It makes us kind of feel like we're going somewhere. So thank you guys. That would be my wish. But I'd really want to travel to Hawaii to answer your question because we're not going to make our Hawaii trip this year, which is fine. The world's in crisis. Right. I have for some reason gotten really obsessed with Scotland. Like that's where I want to go. I want to go to Scotland. And I know we have a couple of listeners in Scotland and they're so great. And I put, they follow me on my personal Instagram and they're always messaging me and like commenting like, I live in Scotland. I'll send you pictures. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm watching Brave a lot lately with Miles. (laughs) It just looks so relaxing. Yeah, it does. Like the photos of Scotland, they just look like you just want to like curl up and just relax mm-hmm. like the greenery just envelops you into yeah it slumber. just looks like exactly like i would hibernate there 100 yeah i mean yeah it's 10 like out of 10 would hibernate in the For sky sure it's a yeah. little windy but that's fine <laughs> all right what else we got joy what shoes were your favorite for marathon training 
I do get questions fairly often about running shoes. And I will say, highly recommend if you're thinking of doing any distance runs, distance running, distance training, is to go get fit. I mean, right now it's kind of tricky. I get it. But if you have the ability to go somewhere, have someone evaluate your run and your gait, that really helps with the type of shoe you're going to get. Me personally, I loved training in Brooks. Brooks Running makes some really good shoes for long distance races. So I would shop on there. And then I I try to do, because I'm running a lot right now, I try to switch my shoes every other day where I'm wearing a different pair every other day. So I have my Brooks shoes. I have a pair of Hoka's I really like. That's H-O-K-A. They're very, very cushy shoes, which my, my body just does better with. So the shoes that I do what better with are motion control shoes because I tend to pronate. And so those are the shoes that obviously just work for me, but Hoka's are great for that. And then I also uh, ro- rotate with some Nike training or r- Nike running shoes as well. So those are, that's a very individual thing. And I know that I, that everyone has their own preferences, but those are the ones that I really like. And highly recommend rotating shoes because then you kind of don't get used to your your body after doing all the pounding of the pavement your body will start to have aches and pains from all the if you're doing the same running on the same shoe so that's that really helps me but I'm also a lot older than I was when I was in my 20s running so I'm trying to do to take care of my body we got a couple of questions about working out at home somebody asked about not overtraining. oh I um, like I that one I think when for me, like right now, I'm training a lot more than I typically have, and it's a coping mechanism. And so I think I'm sort of giving myself not permission to be, you know, to overtrain, but I'm kind of seeing it for what it is, which is like, this is, I'm not doing this because I am, you know, trying to punish myself for eating pasta or whatever. Like, I'm doing this because I need an outlet. And so I'm just going to let myself have that outlet. And if I'm really feeling beat down and exhausted, and I, but I still feel like I need to move, then I'm going to, and I'm maybe just going to tell myself like, you know what, I'm going to use 10 pound weights instead of 25 pound weights because, it, but if I don't move, I'm going to crawl out of my skin. Yeah. And so that's kind of, that's the the balance that I have struck, which typically in normal life, what I would do is tell is make, not make myself, but really take a rest day and remind myself like, Hey, you need to rest. It's fine to rest, you know, take a nap, whatever. Right. I, mean, I don't get to take naps. But I think right now I'm letting myself kind of quote unquote overtrain because it's a, it's a coping mechanism. Right. And I don't think we're in a space right now where, I mean, we're not all professional athletes right. trying to win the CrossFit Games. But I think that to answer the question, I'm on the same camp as you, Claire, where I'm using movement right now truly as a coping mechanism because it is so, I'm crawling out of my skin. I'm really antsy. I can't go places. And I think that is just something that's very soothing to me. And some people would be like, well, that's crazy. I can't believe it. You like to run? (laughs) Yeah, it's actually just a really good coping mechanism for me. So if I don't run or walk pretty much almost every day in some capacity, I get really moody. And it's not, I think when when we're talking about overtraining, if you're obviously if you're feeling pains and if you're having aches that are not going away, take care of yourself, you know, be smart about it. But at this time in my life, I'm just going with what feels like good movement to me. I'm not trying to crush PRs. I'm not trying to set any type of goal other than to just to move and to feel good. And I think when it come when it gets to a point of feeling guilty that you didn't work out that day is when you need to draw a line because I think it's okay to move, but I don't think you should beat yourself up for not moving. <laughs> So if you're like, oh, I just don't want to work out today, but I should, you know, it's that whole adage of don't should all over yourself. Just do what feels good for you in that moment, in that day. And if you are finding yourself that you're training every single day and you're feeling like it's a have to, not a want to, then I would probably just think about that. And also if you're reading anything on social media, that's like, make sure you're taking rest days. Okay, that's fine too. But if you feel like moving that day, then move, you know, it's not a bad thing to move. But I think where we just want to be careful is you're not beating yourself up over moving or not moving. You do you. The Adele photos. Have you seen this? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I feel like I felt like we were going to need to address this. So Adele, you guys have all probably seen these photos. And we got a couple of comments about these, like anywhere from, can you just talk about this all the way to somebody saying, like, why is this? Somebody was like, why is this affecting me? Like, why do I care about Adele? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I thought that was a really good comment where someone's like, I can't believe that it's affecting me. But any type of celebrity weight loss or whatever you want to call it, big transformation affects her and Mm kind of gets into your psyche. And I think that's very real. What are your mm-hmm. comments about it? What is your first reaction? Just, my first reaction is we need to all calm down about Adele. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. She has been through a lot. She's gone through a horrible, very public divorce. She And she herself has not made a single comment about her body. She hasn't come out to say, I feel so confident. I'm so glad or vice versa. She hasn't come out either to say like, hey, I look like this because I haven't eaten in two years from stress. <laughs> Right. You know, and who knows how she feels. It's not our place or it's not appropriate or right. all of the above. None of us should be uh, making any assumptions about her uh, opinions about her bot, her new, her quote unquote new body. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the thing that is so I'm having a hard time even articulating this because I like go into like rage about it. She has she's such an accomplished, unbelievable musician. Mm-hmm. She's won like literally 15 Grammys or had 15 Grammy nominations, some mm-hmm. something like that. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing. It's like, I'm sorry. No. Can we just, you, you can mean, we just you let her, her live loss? her life? Her weight loss. You mean her weight loss yeah. is amazing? Oh. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh my God, her weight loss is so amazing. Like this really proves you can put your mind to anything you you want to do. It's like she, ha- she huh. like she's one of the... <laughs> best singers of our generation and you're like Mm -hmm. her weight loss like I just am so worried that this is what will define her for people Mm. and not Mm -hmm. even just worry but just like upset that that is even a possibility that this is what will define her for people and not how amazing of a singer she is and how accomplished of a singer she is and and she's in the the Hollywood spotlight or I guess you know the media spotlight they're gonna keep focusing on that because that's what they do that is just what they do I Completely agree with everything you just said, so I'm not going to reiterate it. But I will say what made me mad, and I think I posted this on stories earlier this year, or maybe it was some sometime last year when this kind of made its rounds in the media, was I didn't like how they portrayed it in the media. I could care less. I'm not going to speak to someone's individual journey. Who knows what's going on in her life? She can do whatever the heck she wants. So good on you, girl, for whatever you're doing that makes you happy. But what I don't like is how media goes, Adele has lost all this weight and she's on a 1200 calorie a day diet and what keto and whatever it is that they make these assumptions on or who like, uh, you, you uh, an inside no source, you to know that. right? A, a, a source close to Adele has said, and it's just like, that drives me crazy because that yeah. is all just hearsay. And that's all just blowing it up into this, like, look at this amazing transformation. And that's what I don't love about it. I don't love the media twisting it into this, her commenting about her body, commenting about how she looks. It's all the same thing that women go through. I don't see it as frequent with males. And I just think that's the piece that kind of stirs me up. And that's what stirred me up back. I want to say it was on entertainment tonight, where they did a whole story about Adele's stunning transformation. And so, you know, those are the things that I'm just like, you know what, you guys can go F yourselves. Because if she's happy, and she's doing what she needs to do, all I know, she seems like an amazing human. And she's extremely talented, has an amazing voice, has made music that has touched millions of souls. That's what matters. Hope she's happy. Great. Moving on. Okay. We got a lot of people just voicing comments and I think kind of airing like their feelings right now about just their stress that they're under. You know, somebody said the COVID-19 blues have been rough as of late. Current feels just screaming. Uh, 100% over this quarantine went off the deep end and, and I'm making my way back. So I just wanted to recognize those comments and say, we see it. We see you. We hear you. This is tough. Mm-hmm. We've all been doing this now for two months and that's a long time to live in this very uncertain space in this crappy space uncertain at best truly tragic at worst and everywhere in between and so I just wanted to call those out yeah I want to give sucks. I want to give a couple great tools that I've been using with some patients at work too is there's a couple really great apps kind of specific to COVID as weird as that sounds, but there's one called COVID coach and it has a lot of tools to cope with stress, crisis support, where to find online help, staying informed with COVID for parents and caregivers. There's a lot of different tools on this app that I think is pretty cool. It looks like it's free. I haven't downloaded it myself, but I have been, I know a little bit about what's in the app and I don't think that that it kind of does that whole, I think it's through the the VA. So download COVID Coach or there's one called My Strength that we use at my clinic. So it's just My Strength. I think it's all one word together. But if you just type in My Strength in the app store, it's a really good mental health app that 
has a lot of cool tools on there as well. Just kind of articles about what you can do about stress, finding calm, finding resources and tracking your moods. I think that can be helpful for people. So just wanted to throw those out there and I believe those are all free. Okay, let's take a couple more quick ones. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people have questions about Cadet and about, we actually got a lot of specific questions about like the stuff that you're using, like your crate, crate Mm. training, the toys you recommend. I think it's important to say again that what you're doing with Cadet is not just like puppy training. No. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've gotten a lot of people who were like, oh, what are your training resources and recommendations? Like, this is a whole thing. It's not just like, oh, we're crate training. Right, right. So I think I I so appreciate the questions. And I think it's it's great that if you do have a new puppy that you train your dog, any puppy training classes are going to be super helpful. Consistency, making sure that your dog is crate trained, all of those things I think is just good overall. But the training program that we're going through with Cadet is ran through CCI. So we have... We have CCI trainers, we have CCI curriculum, we have books that they give us, and we're on a community board every day. We have puppy classes online right now, but we have curriculum that they give us of the things that they need to, to know, the commands that these dogs need to know at from two to six months, from six to 12 months, etc. And so we have to work on these specific commands. Now, it's not the same as just training a puppy that you're going to have as a pet. And so this is why we're, we're training certain things for specific reasons. And so whenever I'm doing videos, don't feel like that your dog has to know all these things, but because we're training her to be someone's assistance dog, service dog. And so, you know, any drills that I post on our stories has a very specific purpose. So for example, one of them will be how to not hoover up food off the ground. And so I do this drill with her where I'm holding food in my hand and she's supposed to ignore it because if someone has a service animal and they're have her in one hand, or that person is in a wheelchair and the dog starts pulling away to go grab food, then that's not a good thing. The The dog is supposed to always have their focus on the handler. Now, I think that there's really important things just at its core that dogs should know, but I don't think that every dog is going to need to know how to close a drawer with its nose or wait at a door st- uh, wait at a doorway for you to go first and those types of things. But I think just things that like basic puppy training right now is really, really just consistency, repetition, short bursts of training, and just be as consistent as possible. So if you let your dog on the bed, but not on the couch, they don't know the difference between those two things. So just making sure that if you don't want your dog on a furniture, on a piece of furniture, don't let them go on any furniture or the crate training thing. I think a lot of people feel like, oh, it's not, I don't like to hear my dog bark in the crate when they're on puppy. So little inconvenience conveniences for humans really you really have to think about that because it's really long-term good for the dog so uh, we have to really go out of our way way right now to take her outside to watch her every move when she's in the backyard so she's not picking up things and ingesting them so we have a 24-7 job of watching her all the time where I think as a pet might be something a little more loose with that because we just need to make sure that she's not getting herself into trouble and I think puppies will do that in general but yeah if you guys have other questions, I'm happy to answer that. People asked about toys. We have a lot of tug toys that they're using with JT. We love bully sticks, like the little puppy bully sticks are really good. Finding things that she could chew on that she's not going to ingest in 10 minutes. So bully sticks have been our best friend because she could chew on them. She could actually ingest some of it, but not a lot of it right away. And be very careful with what you feed your puppy because their systems are very delicate. So any extra food or any extra treats are going to set up set off their system. I always think of this too. I remember when I was in CCI training with JT, I will never forget this, is people love to give dogs treats. And that tends to put on weight with dogs. And so we're very strict with the service dogs to not gain weight because people always want to feed dogs because that's their way of showing love. And the CCI trainers would always say, treats are for humans, not for dogs. Meaning it makes you feel good, but it actually does harm for the dog. It makes you feel good to give the dog a treat, but it does harm for the dog long-term if the dog starts gaining weight. And gaining weight on a dog is really harmful for a dog. So I'm not like fat shaming dogs, but I'm just saying it's not healthy for dogs to be overweight. So we're very, very strict with if we give her, you know, Cadet's a puppy so she can eat a lot, but we are, for her training treats, we just subtract the kibble from her meals to give her treats when she's training. So those are the types of things that you just have to be careful about. So dog training, dog training's becoming one of my favorite things. We should put a Cadet highlight on our Instagram story yeah, so you can save all your It's a good videos. idea. That's a good um, idea. Okay. 
two more two more questions that I wanted okay. to address and then we can be done. So the very first one, I think this one can go somewhat quickly. Thoughts and this this uh, is a throwback a little yeah, throwback. bit. Throwback. Thoughts on the CrossFit Games updates. Have you been of them not to having this? the CrossFit Games or the ones that are there are they're having them but they're having them at the ranch. They're having with them no but audience. It's only the individual comp- competitors. They're not doing teens or age right. groups. They're not doing the teams with an M. No teenagers and no teams. And they're only doing the individuals and they're all they're even like narrowing the people who are individuals they decided not to do the national champions anymore like they had done so they're really limiting you know who is like they're actually rescinding some of the people who had already qualified a lot of right people. and are they allowing i mean are they allowing people well i guess obviously everyone's gonna have to travel for these I mean, that's kind of the thing. I think that's also why they st- they decided not to do the national champions was because they realized like there's no guarantee that international travel will be realistic right, at that level. Right. So it's only the individuals. They're going to hold out the ranch. No spectators or, you know, very, very, very limited spectators, probably just limited to like the media or a few people from the media. And then, you know, who knows how they're going to do judges. So anyway, my thoughts on that are I'm surprised they're holding it at all. I know. Um, you I know, agree. I get it. I get that they're trying to kind of salvage it. But I think that I just don't under I don't see how they could make any other decision other than to it just doesn't seem safe to have the teams out there. That's so many people on the competition floor, breathing hard in close quarters, people who have, you know, the only way you could do that would be to say, all right, everyone come to the ranch, quarantine for two weeks and then compete. You know, like right. other than that, like the exposure for that from the teams of having that many people on the competition floor at one time, it would be too hard. The individuals, you can keep them far enough apart. I mean, the exposure is still going to be high because of the nature of what they're doing and breathing hard and spitting and sweating and all that. But the teams, it would just be impossible. It sucks for the age group competitors who made it and now can't you know now aren't going to be able to go and maybe oh, might you know are probably out. aging out of that age totally. group, group next year and are not totally. going to be able to you know it's not like oh well try again next year it's like no now you're done and that sucks right. and that sucks because i think about all the people who maybe have were banking on this being a career path for them and if you are aging out or this is just something that you know you can no longer do maybe that Right, if you were career path and you're like, well, I guess I'm last... not doing this as my as my career. Yeah, and like if, if you're 17 and this was your last year to compete in the teen division, and now next year you're competing against Matt Frazier for a spot, like that sucks. It's a completely different situation. Yeah, and you know, I think there's a lot of things like that around the world with just these rites sure. of passage that are just being taken away, and that really sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't the Olympics get canceled too? They like got all postponed the, I mean, every, for a year. Postponed, yeah. So. I just, it's sad. It sucks. I think a lot of, I mean, athletes, I think of the athletes who this is their year, their senior year in basketball. And how does that affect the draft of them going to play professional? I I think of this on so many levels of the sports teams and the athletes and how this Right, that are like, you can't just come back next year and try again. No, how it impacts your whole trajectory of life. Mm -hmm. I mean, for so many people, it impacts our lives in different ways. But I, I especially think about people out there who it has impacted the trajectory of your life because it yeah. has halted you from doing something that may have been the next step for you to move on to something. It's just crazy, crazy. But as far as having the games, I am surprised as well that they're having it. And I, I mean, I'll be really interested to see. This is a whole other episode and conversation, and it's very, you know, I feel like I don't, I hesitate to even bring it up. But the conversation around COVID and chronic disease, and then the conversation with CrossFit and chronic disease, and you know, the shift that is going to occur in people realizing much more tangibly how chronic disease elevates your risk for so many other issues in your life, and then mm-hmm. you know, looking like, and you know, the what we know about CrossFit and how much they've been working over the past several years to really help get that message out in communities and with doctors to say, hey, we have something that can cure chronic disease and it's movement and diet and lifestyle. And we need to get these this knowledge out into our communities. So I'll be really interested to just to see over the next couple of years how the public mindset shifts around that. And again, this is like a whole other episode. But yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest barriers to that shift in mindset have been people not having a tangible reason to have to, you know, they can just say like, well, this is how it's always been. Like, what's the big deal? You know, I don't mind taking medication or I don't mind, you know, this is my life. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't, there's something wrong with my life. I like, I like my life. Yeah. And then now looking and realizing like, well, you know, the death rate of COVID 
among people with comorbidities is substantially higher than people who don't have comorbidities and aren't don't have other chronic diseases and is that going to create a shift in mindset within human, you know, just humans about are people going to think it's more important to maintain a higher baseline of health moving mm-hmm. forward after this? Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. I think on a lot of things, there's, I'm so curious to see how this impacts our future. Okay, yeah. last one. So Elsa, hi, Elsa, who we used to work out with asked about vegetarian recipes because meat prices are about to go up. And I wanted to talk about that. Not about vegetarian recipes. I wanted to talk about the meat supply chain, okay. which is just one of my favorite topics. Is it? So, no, it really is. It really, really. I know when you say supply chain, it doesn't sound interesting, but like where you get your meat is one of my favorite topics because I, I care deeply about this and I think there's a ton of misinformation out there and I think it's hard to find the right information. So here's what I'll say. And sorry if you can hear children screaming up and down the hallway right now. Not sorry. That's my hit Right. We're hitting our, our If you our can, limit. that it's, yeah, everything's fine. Here's what I will say about the meat, the oncoming upcoming meat shortage. It is anticipated that in the coming months, we will see a shortage of meat and meat products because the majority of meat in America is processed through a handful of factories. And those factories have had to shut down for obvious reasons or operate at significantly reduced capacities. So there's a huge bottleneck in the meat processing and meat, even just packing, even just turning cows into steaks. Not, you know, I'm not talking about making chicken nuggets. I'm just talking about processing meat from animal to thing you can eat. And there's a big bottleneck and a lot of the meat is going to likely have to be thrown away. So basically what's going on is it's exposing the fact that the way that we eat meat in America is deeply flawed. And as an avid carnivore, I will be the first to say that. I eat a lot of meat and I know exactly where it comes from and I buy whole animals and I eat as much of that whole animal as I can and then I'm done. You know, I'm not saying like I never go out and buy a pack of chicken thighs. Like I definitely do that. But for the most part, like we try to not participate in the large scale meat industry. So because of this bottleneck of meat processing, we will likely see a spike in meat prices coming up and a shortage of meat products. My Which recommendation- was crazy because yesterday when I went to Costco, they had this sign up that was like, we are limiting meat product purchases to three per person, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. when I but walked in- that might in, be why. It's because there's yes. like a, yeah. Because, but when I walked in, it was amazing to me. Everyone was going to the meat section and hoarding meat. And I was just like, what is going on here? It was so bizarre. Yeah. Anyway. So that, and that's why is because people are starting to get freaked out because they're hearing yep. about this meat shortage. Here's my recommendation to every single person listening to this podcast. Find a farmer and buy an animal from them and find some friends. If you don't have a big freezer, buy a big freezer or find someone who you know who has one. Find one on Craigslist. Go out and get, you know, get on the wait list now for the whatever and go out and buy a whole animal and either, you know, keep it for your family over the next year over the next year or split it with some friends. And there are so many small farms around the country that are hurting right now because their supply chain has also been disrupted because a lot of those small farms rely on the same, some of the same like USDA processing plants, but a lot of them also rely on like restaurants and things to buy their product that are more local and they are going to have a lot of product. So reach out to find a farm in your area, reach out to them, go to their website, Give yourself a whole or a half cow or a whole or a half pig and get creative. You know, figure out like, yeah, you're going to need to learn how to cook a couple different types of cuts of meat. Get a couple of cookbooks and embrace changing the way that you think about buying meat. Because Mm -hmm. I think we have to do that moving forward for the health of our environment and our food chain and our food supply chain and the implications of people shifting to that model of buying meat would be enormous and positive. Mm -hmm. And it's expensive. It's a big upfront cost. I know it's not available to everybody, but if you get in, get in with it, get in on it with enough friends, it should be available. You know, it should be doable for most people. And I will say, if you cannot do that immediately and you truly are looking for vegetarian meals, I Love Angela Lydon of Oshi Glows. I'll just put that recommendation out there if you need something more immediate. If you don't have meat, Oshi Glows is great. She has great recipes. She's adorable. She's been doing this for years. I've probably been following her for like 15 years. 
Oh, she closed. There's a great cookbook I have too from Spices in My DNA and the book is called Eat More Plants. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really cute. They, it has a lot of great like kind of like Buddha bowl type recipes. She's got oh. a lot of good sauces in there. I feel like that's the key to cooking veggies is getting good sauces. For sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Great right, questions, guys. everybody. Love it's it so much. It's 11-11. This is the perfect time to <laughs> sign off with good energy. You're going to have a great day. Thank you for supporting the podcast over the years. You can email us anything and everything. Anything goes. If you want to send us a voice memo, we're still taking those as well. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com, or you can hit the contact button on our Instagram page, on the homepage there. You can hit contact and it will give you a choice to email us or call us and leave us a voice memo. Don't be afraid to call us. It goes straight to voicemail. You don't have to talk to a live human. (laughs) Joy will not be answering the phone from her home. I definitely will not. If you're like, socially freaked out by that it will go straight to a voicemail that's a good point actually i feel like i know i I would make a lot more phone calls if it was guaranteed to go straight to voice you get a guarantee straight to voicemail (laughs) on this one oh my goodness all right guys don't forget to support don't forget to support our sponsor blue box b-l-u-b-l-o-x.com discount code is joy thank you for listening we'll talk to you next week bye guys